Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicalist. My, oh my, been a minute since I've recorded an episode. Uh, yeah, you know, just sort of uh, doing as game planned. Yeah, that's that's a word I'm going to use, game planned. Uh, in that, uh, you know, just recording when I feel like it. Yeah, when uh, when I got a bunch of stuff to talk about, that's when I'll record. I'm not stressing about it, and you shouldn't either, I hope. Uh, this is episode 613, I see, and I have things to discuss, apparently. And that rhymes, I think it did. Uh, Alright, uh, yeah, just gonna run through my uh, my notes, such as they is. Item uh, the first, Dreamcatcher, again. Yeah, uh, so I watched the movie uh, Dreamcatcher somewhat recently. <coughs> And uh, realized I had spoken of it on the podcast before. And uh, had the tentative plan to listen to that episode and maybe, like, actually listen to it while talking about it. Like a, a sort of a, a Jake and Amir style, uh, if I were you. Uh, Jake and Amir watch Jake and Amir, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I decided against that because uh, I don't know if it would work. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it would have, but, uh, what the hell, let's just talk about Dreamcatcher again. It, it, it also made me think, how many movies have I reviewed multiple times on this podcast? You know what that makes me wish? I don't really pay attention to, you know, views or listeners or things like that. I sort of just do this because I like doing it. However... One thing that I miss out uh, on not being a, a super uber popular podcast is quite often they have people, not even necessarily people uh, who are directly related to the podcast, uh, just uh, sort of fans and enthusiasts who track stats, uh, track podcast stats. For example, uh, an easy example is Doughboys, where they have, uh, I think it's called the Dough Score or something like that. <clears throat> or is that the Discord? Anyways, they have, like, uh, uh, tracked all the stats of, you know, all the restaurants and what reviews they have been given. So for me, a stat I wish I had this, you know, this service available to me would be um, all movies or TV or whatever that have been reviewed multiple times or even just my reviews of things. Yeah, that would be cool. Hmm. Not going to happen, though. But still, a man can dream, can't he? Uh, yeah, Dreamcatcher. Uh, it's one of those sort of inexplicable, almost movies where I kind of don't know why I like it so much and like watch it every couple of years. It's not. It's weird. Maybe that's why it, it's got a weirdness to it. Oh, on that note, I even uh, have a note here. It says, "You know what? I'll just read it." Note: colon. Uh, yeah, sometimes I do that. I write note in capital letters, I should say, and then put a colon and then put the note. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I roll. Tricked the missus by not telling her how weird this movie is and how much I inexplicably like it because then she would not watch it. Mwahahaha. <laughs> this is my note. Yeah, the missus is not uh, the hugest fan of weird stuff, but when I told her, you know, it was a horror movie, which it is technically, based on Stephen King. Uh, is it a short story? Or, 
I can't remember. I also did, uh, oh, oh, you know what? <clears throat> I did make a note of this. So if you want to listen to, where is it? Uh, so this is from uh, September 14th, 2016. Uh, <laughs> episode called... <laughs> I have no idea why the episode is called this. I used to do weird names of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porn Star Z colon Brain Fungus. <clears throat> well, the brain fungus probably has to do with Dreamcatcher because there's brain fungus. What is Porn Star Z? Well, I see I hit it with my axe. Uh, which is interesting. It got some uh, uh, current modern day Satine Phoenix uh, drama going on. Huh. See, things coming around, apparently. Uh, yeah. Never not funny. Why don't I just tell you what was on that episode? So it's episode 371. Dragon Ball A through Y episodes are impossible to find. <laughs> this is the description. That's pretty funny. Um, wow. I'm a, I'm a funny man. Uh, in the movie monologues segment, we had Dreamcatcher, Ted 2, Inside Out, and Watchmen. <clears throat> Is that... I thought it was The Watchmen. Hmm. In television talk, we had... Oh, we had... Wow, this is a... Not every episode have had every segment, but this one did. In television talk, we had uh, Bar Rescue, seasons 1 to 3. Interesting. In book banter, we had Dreamcatcher by Stephen King. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I must have done that on purpose. Read the book and watched the movie. In Game Agabin, we had Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Uh, yeah, that was like uh, not very good, if I do recall. Uh, in Internet Intercourse, I had uh, I hit it with my axe. New episodes 37 to 40. Yeah, they did like a brief comeback for just a few episodes. Uh, uh, and I had, uh, Never Not Funny with guest Amber Rose. Oh yeah, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Hmm. Uh, High and Mighty with host John Gabris and Epic. Okay, so I just did High and Mighty. I, I guess I talked a bit some of that. And, uh, Epic Mealtime goes to Japan. Oh, what an age that was. A simpler time, no doubt. 2016, right? Uh, that's kind of fun to look at that. And you know what? I'll, I'll try to make a note. A mental one <laughs> that uh, should I remember, anyways, because I'll just have to go by memory. Um, uh, uh, reviewing things multiple times on the podcast, maybe we'll look back at the episode that it was on. Yeah, why not, right? All right, uh, moving. Oh, yeah, should I do talk of Dreamcatcher? Yeah, okay, let me read the MDA. Friends on a campy trip discover that the town, they're not really in a town. That the spot they're vacationing in, excuse me, is being plagued in an unusual fashion by parasitic aliens from outer space. They kind of look like, I've just realized, the aliens that is, they've got some species 8472 vibes, a little bit, which is of course a Star Trek alien, Star Trek Voyager specifically. I guess it was just <coughs> the... Uh, technology at the times. Well, this is from 2003. Okay, let's just see if I can figure out uh, species 8472. All right. 
I'm going to try to see how close these two things are to one another. Place of origin. Uh, what episode are they from? Seven of nine. Okay. Scorpion. Okay, so that episode aired in 1997. Oh, okay. <coughs> Interesting. So, I guess they looked a little better in <laughs> Dreamcatcher than they do in uh, uh, Voyager. But uh, not a tremendous amount better. Hmm. No, I, I guess a fair amount better. Like, uh, okay, let's rate the aliens in uh, Star Trek Voyager from 1997 versus Dreamcatcher from 2003. Voyager ones, they are cool, but they did always kind of look a little weird because they were computer-generated in a time where that was still fairly new technology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture now, and it's, it's like a three. Although at the time it was cool, you know, in 2022... Mm, it's like a two or a three. Uh, and the Dream Capture one's like a three or four. It, it's, it's to be honest, it's not that much better. Uh, anyways, uh, my rating for Dream Capture. Oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to know, and now don't. Um, what rating did I give it then, and what am I going to give it now? Now I'm going to give it a four-ish with some, you know, just ridiculous four-plus moments, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Um, moving on to... Uh, going to blow my nose. I'm going to pause this and go do that. Alright, much better, I assume. Uh, Alright, moving on to Russian Doll Season 2. Ah, yes. Uh, okay, so I did speak of Russian Doll on this podcast and how much I enjoyed it. 5 out of 5, I believe I gave it. Russian Doll Season 2, things I liked about it is I sort of went in assuming, incorrectly, as I bet a lot of people did, that it would follow the same sort of Groundhog Day-style rules of the first one, which it did not. Uh, rather than that, and again, I'm just going to say Groundhog Day-style rules, because that's what that is at this point, I feel like. Um, well, let me read the imda, maybe that'll be a good hint. A cynical young woman, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true, uh, played by, uh, played amazingly, by Natasha Leon, I should say. Uh, in New York City, keeps dying and... Oh, wait. No. Okay, well, that's the description of the first season. Do they only have one description? Huh. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. <clears throat> okay. So, I guess a television show can only have one description on IMDb. Despite the fact that, in this case, the two seasons are vastly different. So this description does not fit the second season. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so in the first one, Groundhog Day style. In this other one, she uh, somehow, someway finds a subway that takes her back in time. However, the back in time rules are very interesting. She travels back into the body of her mother. Yeah. So uh, she sort of uh, looks uh, and sort of uh, is looking through the eyes of and, and sort of takes control of the body of her mother uh, when she was, uh, pregnant with her, <laughs> which, uh, obviously adds some, uh, interesting, you know, weird things like giving birth to yourself, for example. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess if you want to gauge the weirdness of the second season of Russian Doll, uh, at one point a woman gives birth to herself. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's also you know some Nazi stuff. Uh, her in the previous season played by what's his name, uh, Charlie Barnett. Uh, he was a, a, a fellow Groundhog Day scenario redoer. Uh, he is traveling back in time into the body of his grandmother uh, during World War, or no, during, yeah, I guess it would be World War II. Um, so that sort of interplays some of the Nazi stuff, which uh, also coincides with some stuff with Natasha Leone's character. It's very weird, and I liked it. But I do think I liked the first season better just because this one I like what it did in terms of things I've never seen done before you know I love that it's one of my favorite things in the world and and for that reason alone I'd probably give this season near a five-ish uh whereas the first one I would definitely give a five uh it's just that it was sometimes difficult to know what's going on and i don't think i even necessarily mean just for me the viewer i i think you know for the people experiencing the events of the television show in the show sometimes found things confusing as well so uh maybe that was purposeful i don't know i don't know regardless if the things i am saying about this weird show with timey-wimey stuff interest you with natasha leone who is like <laughs> just such a very distinct and I don't know. It's just the sort of person you want to know in real life. I feel like her, her character in this is just someone I want to, you know, be around. Hmm. Why don't you watch it? Why don't you? Don't you? Moving on to a movie from 2022. Oh, this is a Netflix, Netflix film, Netflix film. Senior year, oh, a cheerleading stunt gone wrong landed her in a 20-year coma. Now she's 37, newly awake and ready to live at her high school dream, becoming a prom queen. The the uh, prom queen-s, played by none other than Rebel Wilson. Oh, we got some Mary Holland. That's some podcasty royalty there. She was great. Um, Yeah, just on the note of greatness, rating-wise... It was good. I, there was points in which I laughed, and uh, there was some heart warming, heartwarming. Oh boy, moments with uh, uh, her dad as well, played by uh, Chris Parnell, who I love. Yeah, he he, he was actually really like, you know, I, I've never not enjoyed a Chris Parnell performance, but in this, I feel like he was like really good, like uh, like heartwarming, uh, uh, tear jerking, good. Yeah, it showed some uh, dramatic acting chops, which is, you know, that's not surprising. Uh, comedic actors are able to do drama because comedy is harder. Eh? Uh, Rating-wise, yeah. I'd go like a solid three to some four moments to maybe really odd five moments. Yeah, it, it really ran the gamut of ratings, I would say. Um... It does make you sort of, uh, at least it did for me, because of the time that she passed, uh, she went into her coma, 
and uh, I guess the juxtaposition of seeing uh, uh, high school from a time when I was in high school, uh, I guess it kind of was, I don't really remember the years exactly, to modern day high school and how different it is. <clears throat> yeah, that's something. Yeah, what was it? She's 37 and I'm 41, so yeah, it would have been pretty close, I guess. Uh, senior year, check it out, I suppose. Moving on to a video game uh, from uh, 2021. It is called Inscription, spelt incorrectly. I-N-S-C-R-Y-P-T-I-O-N. Yes, you may have heard of it. It was very popular and probably still is. <clears throat> I see here, according to Wikipedia, it is a roguelike deck building game, which, uh, yeah, I suppose that is accurate, but it's a little more than that. It definitely remind me uh, at points of a game called uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, I think. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. A game that sort of breaks a fourth wall occasionally. Um, a game where it's as if Doki Doki did it more than this one. Uh, where it's like it knows it's a game and it's gonna you know like in Doki Doki I think you actually had to go into the files of your computer to do things whereas this you know kind of says it does uh, and there were some parts where it's like wow uh, that's kind of weird <laughs> where it's like looking at files on my computer and bringing them up within the video game yeah stuff like that is uh, it's it's interesting it's weird and it's a little unnerving isn't it uh which this game sort of is in general and the other thing of this is it starts off as you know that roguelike deck building game where basically you're uh, uh you have a deck of cards and you're using those cards to battle an opponent and try to proceed forward uh, you're gonna die a lot but as you die, the potential for your next deck to be more powerful, get stronger and stronger, allowing you to progress is the idea. And uh, executed well. I, I do really and have in the past gotten uh, a lot into uh, uh, deck building games. They're fun. They're, they're, they're sort of, you know, got that, uh, I guess you could say that sort of chess-like... Uh, uh, you need a strategy, and once you get a strategy you like, uh, it, it ends up working well until it doesn't. <laughs> That's often the case. You get a really, really good build, and uh, you, you know you're, you're chugging along, and uh, it seems like nothing can stop you until you come across another deck that's like, oh, oh yeah, this is like specifically designed to beat the one that you've crafted. That sort of thing. That sort of frustration, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, weirdness, uh, deck building, roguelike, uh, cool art style, uh, freaky deaky, and rating wise. I'd go like a solid four, uh, four plus. If any of these things sound interesting to you, you know what? It made me want to dust off uh, Hearthstone. I used to play that a fair amount. Uh, what was my my deck I liked was, I think it was, was it Scarabs? It's something similar that I got to in this one with, was it Rats? Oh shit, I forget. Basically a deck where uh, you have like lots of uh, uh, weak, yeah, it, it's sort of a, a death, of, death of a thousand cuts, that idea where Sure, you could throw out big, powerful monsters, or what I quite often find myself gravitating towards in card-building games, if it is an option, is 
uh, instead of those big powerful guys, lots of small weaker guys. Yeah, just like a, a, a just like a shit ton. Maybe it was ants. Yeah, I think maybe it was ants. I forget. <laughs> and, and quite often, uh, yeah, ants and scarabs. I think that's what it was. Interesting. Both bugs. Where if you have uh, uh, one ant, it's weak, but if you have two, they get more powerful. If you have three, it gets more powerful, that sort of idea. And I think Scarabs is that is too. I don't know if I'm misremembering my my bug power levels from fucking card battling games. Jesus. Moving on. Funhouse Public Broadcasting. Oh, yeah, we got another one of these babies. Uh, Revenge of the Smith with John Smith making an appearance as the, the BBEG, I suppose, a big bad evil guy. Uh, these I like. Yes, they are fun. Uh, they are from the good people over at Funhouse, who uh, I feel like is definitely having a, a, a renaissance over there. Uh, uh, just incredibly funny, talented people throwing out uh, incredible, funny, talented content. Hey, you gotta love it. And all on YouTube, all for free, except for the things that aren't on the Rooster Teeth site. But uh, I don't really dip my toe into that necessarily. Uh, yeah, so this is basically uh, 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 Elise Willems and. Oh shit, what the hell is that? Oh my god, that's embarrassing. Patrick. Patrick, I forget last name, <laughs> uh, are playing sort of these uh, QVC uh, uh, shopping channel hosts uh, who are just sort of, uh, you know, seemingly monstrous people and uh, uh, thrown into ridiculous situations uh, of the comedic variety while also simultaneously trying to sell junk. And it's a goddamn delight. Uh, they have somehow, some way, developed these characters to the degree where they seem very real and just horrible. <laughs> horrible and hilarious. H&H, you might say. And I did. Uh, so I, I recommend you check that out. Start with the first one, uh, you know, with the uh, featureless Blackstone, which has become, uh, you know, meme-ish. Man, I wish I had one of those, actually. Now that now that I think about it for a second, I really, really wish I had a featureless Blackstone. Whew. How cool would that be? <sighs> Moving on to another film from 2022. Also a Netflix-created movie, I noticed here. Interesting. Bubble. Oh, uh, from Judd Apatow. Yeah, this one I really did like. Uh, this one I would go, shit, would I go five out of five? No, but I almost would. Uh, you've got a great cast of characters who seemingly uh, uh, worked, uh, had fun doing this. I, I, I think that's one of the things that seemed like it came through the screen. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm a good judge of that. Like, there's times where I feel it. But I always wonder, and I, and I wish, okay, here, here's a strange wish, uh, uh, picture yourself, picture for yourself, picture yourself, if you will, a weird genie. So not your normal genie, he just grants weird wishes. The wish in this case would be, I wish that movies had a rating... Not unlike, you know, the uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating or the... Uh, uh, 
Oh, the hell. Yeah, not unlike the Rotten Tomatoes rating, but instead of rating the uh, uh, how much people like the movie, it was how well the cast got along. So 10 is like, you know, they left the, uh, the, 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 the filming. Uh, not only do they now uh, see each other on the regular basis, maybe they friggin' got married even. Like, they really, really just loved each other. They're going to be best buds for life. That's a 10. Uh, you know, one is they hated each other and vowed never to work again. No, uh, one could be uh, they hated each other so much that uh, the movie didn't even get made. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't see too many ones because the movies don't come out. Yeah, all right, I watched that weird genie. Uh, I love Judd Apatow, uh, and this does definitely have Judd Apatow vibes. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the premise of this, uh. Basically, it is a movie series, sort of like uh, a fictional movie series, I should say. Sort of your Jurassic Park meets uh, Fast and Furious. That's that sort of just action-y movie. And this is the sixth in the series, I think it is. So everyone's back at it again into their old roles. But it's being filmed during uh, quarantine, during uh, uh, the early days of COVID. So they're all sort of locked away in this bubble. Um, and we get to see that process. And it definitely has a ring of truth some of the, the the thoughts and experiences that these people go through trying to get this movie out and uh yeah fred armson oh yeah he was great karen gillian karen gillian lovely peter serafinowitz always a fun name to say uh, Maria uh, bakalova oh yeah you know what that, that was interesting uh, maria bakalova uh, she was from, oh shit, what was that most recent Sasha Baron Cohen movie? Oh yeah, Borat subsequent movie film. Uh, so the most recent Borat. Uh, I actually didn't realize it was her until like late into the movie. So she's uh, she's uh, she's a very good chameleon, I feel like. Uh, David Duchovny, that was great to see. He, you know, don't sleep on David Duchovny in comedy roles. Let me just say that. He may be, uh, you know, known for X-Files. But, and, you know, uh, what else? Californication. But uh, his comedy chops are actually, yeah, good. He good at that. Keegan-Michael Key. Hey, need I say anything about his comedy chops? No, I won't. I refuse. Leslie Mann. Hey, we got a Judd Apatow movie. We got Leslie Mann has her hand shot off at one point. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Yes, yeah, she was good. Pedro Pascal. Yep. <laughs> he was fucking crazy, of course. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Guz Khan. That was interesting. Um, uh, he was. I remember him from a uh, somewhat recent Taskmaster. Uh, so it was good to see him in that. Peter Serafinowicz, I said, and yeah. All in all, great cast, and I enjoyed it, and I hope you do as well. Bubble from 2022. Moving on to from 2017 to 2022, a television show called Ozark. Holy motherfucking shit. Uh, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Yeah. Throwing that out there. Just like, you know, Breaking Bad, Ozark, just an incredible piece of television period, full stop. I think... Uh, and I was discussing this with a friend is actually that's one of, if not the reason that the show is as good as it is, is because you really have no idea what's going to happen. 
<laughs> uh, let me read the MDOT. I'm, I'm actually curious. A financial advisor drags his family from Chicago to the Missouri Ozarks where he must launder money to appease a drug boss. Yeah, so you've got, you know, cartels, you've got FBI, you've got privatized, you've got family, you, you've got the locals, you, you've got so many sort of entities just trying to make it through this crazy world of uh, uh, just the period crazy world as well as the actual, you know, uh, <laughs> dealing with drug dealers and killers and murderers and uh, laundering money world. That's... Uh, yeah, a lot of variables, um, and, and I think that's what helps with the ability to keep you guessing for what's going to happen next, because it's just incredible. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, this of course stars Jason Bateman, uh, stars in, I believe he created it as well, uh, is he the writer? Oh no, creators Bill Dubuque and Mark Williams. Hmm. I thought he had a hand in like creating it somehow <laughs> regardless he's incredible in this very uh, sort of subtle performance always found myself waiting for the turn of where he sort of breaks and goes crazy it did sort of happen in the final season a little bit but uh, I thought it was going to be even worse than what it was um, uh, Julia Garner <laughs> the Mrs. and I Oh yeah, watch this with the misses, obviously. Uh, she also, I, I bet, would give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, you know what, I'm giving it a 6 out of 5. I'm giving it one more than her. Yeah, take that, the misses. Uh, Julie Garner, who played Ruth Legmore, uh, we would always do the uh, uh, do an impression of her uh, uh, accent, which is Wyatt. A little bit. Wyatt. That's her cousin, named Wyatt, who she would say in a funny manner. Uh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Jesus Christ. I don't know... If I have ever, and, and this is, you know, all credit to Laura Linney for an amazing performance. I don't know if I've ever hated a character more. Just really, really hated her so much. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, congratulations for making me hate so much. I'm not a hateful person, but by God. Like, I was legit hoping for her death. Yeah, which is not something I used to. How Like, just what a horrible person and mother she is in this and seemingly you know sort of gets worse and worse the trickle i i think that's one of the other things that this show does well uh not dissimilar to breaking bad breaking bad maybe even didn't do it as well as this actually the trickle of uh things getting slightly worse uh getting slightly deeper into your situation into your negative situation it's the 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 always the just one more day just we have to do just this one more thing and we'll be out and the and the slow trickle and the fact that definitely in the case i feel of laura linney maybe even maybe less of jason bateman's character uh martin uh marty bird um tricking themselves into believing their lies to themselves that, you know, we're almost out. We're, we're, we're almost out of the situation. We just got to do this one more thing. Yeah. Goddamn, uh, uh, just a delight. I, if you don't watch Ozark, what are you doing with your life even? What are you doing? So fucking good. Yeah, I swore. 
Moving on to from 2004, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh yeah, remember this one? A listless and alienated, a listless and alienated teenager decided to help his new friend win the class presidency in their small Western high school. Well, he must deal with his bizarre family life back home. Bizarre is a good word for this because all the characters, I think, I don't think there is a single quote-unquote normal person in this. <laughs> Everyone is just a weirdo, and I'm here for it. Uh, this is inexplicably, and I'm going to bold and underline that word, inexplicably one of the missus's favorite movies. I have no idea why. She, As I mentioned when it came to Dreamcatcher, normally she doesn't like weird movies, and everyone in this is a weirdo. Maybe that's it. You know what? I think maybe I just figured it out. Everyone, every character is the weird is a weirdo in this movie, but the situations that are happening to the characters are not that weird. And in fact, some things in this, there's, the, I don't know, I'm going to use the word boring. Uh, it, it just sort of like, yeah, boring. <laughs> like uh, the the story. There's there's not a huge story to this, I suppose. Now that I sort of... If you break down what's, what actually happens in this movie, it's not too much. And, and, and I'm not saying this as a dig. I'm saying this as a sort of point of interest that a movie in which kind of not much happens relies instead on its cast of weird characters to make it an interesting movie. Huh. Look at that. look at me maybe sounding smart. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite, I would recommend it just for uh, the weird factor alone. If that sort of thing appeals to you as it does to me. Rating wise, four to some just weird five moments. Yeah, if you if you love a weird five moments, you're gonna like this. Moving on to, from 2021, I'm guessing, 2022. Wow, we got a few 2022s. Been dying to see this and finally, uh, finally did everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. So good. Easy five out of five. No surprise. Uh, everything I heard about this going in sort of led me to believe that I was going to give this a five out of five. So did I go in it with some bias? Probably probably uh it didn't matter still loved it an aging an aging chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world's that's not even accurate by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led yeah so uh i was gonna say russian doll vibes in that sense but instead of you know traveling back in time into your mother's body you're traveling sideways in time into alternate universes into your own body for example let me, let me give one uh say in this universe you are currently in you uh go to a side universe and sort of take the knowledge from one of yourselves that knowledge could be you're fucking amazing at martial arts huh that's pretty cool. Uh, so you, then you come back to this universe that you were living in, this reality, this dimension, this multiverse, this verse. Uh, and then you can, uh, you know, do amazing karate because you went to this other place and uh, took the knowledge of learning karate. Wow. 
some uh, definitely cool uh, mind bendy stuff like that you gotta get your uh, head around this one I didn't think the missus would like again weirdness so I uh, watch it myself and yeah incredible uh, <laughs> incredible and weird the weirdness of a universe in which your fingers are hot dogs for example for example uh, we've of course got uh, Michelle Yeoh love it uh K. Hugh Kwan, who uh, I sort of learned after, uh, he is he is the the kid from the Goonies, right? That's true. Am I making that up? Yeah, it is. Or uh, from Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, he was incredible as well. Uh, very heartfelt portrayal of his character, uh, Jenny Slate. Yeah, she had an interesting role in this as dog mom is what she's listed as here uh jamie lee curtis of course she was incredible uh james hong awesome oh he's, his character's named gong gong i didn't realize that uh james hong is one of the most prolific actors in the world i'm just opening his imdb he has 453 acting credits and he's still working to this day um if you wish actually you know what's oh shoot what was the girl's name from uh uh you know we've got a few represent nerd cane representation in this episode uh james hong one of them uh should you you know uh Google uh, Nerd Kane Adventures or go to my website, anerdywebsite.com. Uh, you can see pictures of folks such as James Hong uh, autographing a cane for some reason. You can see said cane being held by dozens, if not hundreds, might actually be hundreds, probably is hundreds, of uh, cosplayers. In the before times, I would go to connect uh, conventions, your fan expos, your Toronto Comic Cons. Um, and, uh, because if you've ever been to one of those, you will know you have to stand in lines for incredibly long times to do things. Ugh. So, uh, because I got a not great back and what hurts it more than anything is just standing still. Uh, I would, uh, bring a cane to lean upon. I would then sort of two birds, one stone with that cane and have people autograph it and uh, take pictures of people holding it. That's what I did for years and years. Uh, James Hong one of the autographers so thank you mr hong uh everything everywhere all at once uh, could i uh, i'm sort of wondering can i give this a universal recommendation to watch and i don't know if i can just because i know the missus for example probably wouldn't like it uh she might like parts of it and you know the sort of heartwarminess of it but uh, the weirdness, she might not. <laughs> the hot dog fingers, perhaps not. Uh, I, on the other hand, fucking loved it and easily can give it a five out of five with zero hesitation. Um, you do have to do a little, which I don't mind doing by any means, in fact, I like doing, a little work in terms of wrapping your mind around some of the ideas just in terms of multiverse and how we're communicating with it and some of the tech there and the and and, and the lore let's say uh but i like that kind of stuff so you know no issues there moving on to apocalypse now oh one of my faves uh my fave war movie 
I think it might be. It's definitely probably second place. Uh, I would assume second. Yeah, uh, in terms of movies, I have seen the most. The first being uh, Star Trek Do the Wrath of Khan. I think this would probably be second. Apocalypse Now. Uh, of course, bla- based uh, loosely on a... Uh, is it Joseph Conrad? Yeah, see, a professional would have notes that would say this. Uh, Heart of Darkness, I know, is the book. I think it's Joseph Conrad. I could be wrong. Uh, A a U.S. I'm going to read the M. A U.S. Army officer serving in Vietnam is tasked with assassinating a renegade special forces colonel who sees himself as a god. Uh, Of course, that person played by Marlon Brando. The U.S. Army officer played by Martin Sheen. We've got some Robert Duvall. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's first uh, film, I do believe. If it's not his first, it's got to be his manga's first because he looks like a uh, like a kid in this. Uh, Harrison Ford, uh, ditto, ditto. He looks incredibly uh, like this is his first movie, his first day out of acting school. It probably wasn't, but Dennis Hopper, incredible, love it. All sorts of great people in this. Wait, Richard M. Colby. When was that? Oh, that was at the beginning. Uh, yeah, just something about this. It's the combination, I think, great tunes. Uh, uh, just sort of a... <laughs> it is a little weird, isn't it? Like, there's there's a lot of uh, just... I guess it's almost like a loose connection of different... I mean, I guess every movie is kind of this. Uh, a loose connection of different scenes. Which, you know, you could say any movie is that. But let's say that the connection is looser than most. Meaning, you're going to be in one scene where uh, Playboy bunnies are dancing on a stage. Yes. Uh, And then you're going to move to another scene where uh, 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 people are, you know, being killed. (laughs) Uh, Another scene where a, a tiger attacks a scene where they're surfing like it's just you're hopping from this weird thing to this weird thing to this weird thing and you're headed upriver to the weirdest of weird things where a man has sort of become a a god uh where people are worshiping him uh tribal and he, he tribal peoples but also uh army peoples who he's seemingly brainwashed yeah, just uh, uh, very, very interesting, and uh, uh, I would recommend, if you, if you like war movies, you have seen this. <laughs> so, if you don't like war movies, <sighs> okay, I'm, uh, now I'm sort of going back to everything, everywhere, all at once, would I give this a universal recommendation? No, I wouldn't. If you don't like war movies, I don't know if this one would necessarily change your mind. You know what, if you don't like war movies, I think what I would do is recommend Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Just in terms of potentially changing your mind. Because this one, uh, it's a little deeper than that. It's a little uh, uh, dirtier than that. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. I don't know if that makes sense. But also, no one's listening to this, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, moving on to, oh yeah, okay, so let's talk about that. Uh, I recently finished a game from 2008, uh, Fallout 3 again. Yes, this was, uh, 
consistently on my list of favorite games. It would probably always be in my top five. Um, a game that I, back in the day, I, I guess it was PlayStation 3. Okay, good. Yeah, it is PlayStation 3. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was 2 or 3, but yeah, I was pretty sure 3. That I got my Platinum Trophy on, meaning, you know, 100% completion, basically. Uh which I which I did. I, I one thing I was tempted to do for this not this podcast, but uh, oh yeah, I guess I should go back a bit. So I've uh, been recording long plays. If you're unfamiliar with a long play, it's where uh, people record uh, them playing video games. Uh, some people do it without any uh, commentary whatsoever. Some people do it with commentary. I've been doing it uh, as others sometimes do by role playing my way through it. So I, I'm playing a character called the librarian who uh, was at first in Skyrim and sort of worked his way through that uh, uh, through that world, through that realm. And then uh, uh, I'm treating it as if it's the same character who's sort of being pulled from realm to realm through books. Uh, so he uh, started in Skyrim, uh, spent a brief time in a, a very a cubular world where he built a library out of cubes, uh-huh, a.k.a. Minecraft. Uh, then he made his way to uh, Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead, which is a very difficult to play game but a lot of fun uh then he <laughs> yeah he did some unpacking in the video game unpacking yeah that was a sort of a weird one and difficult to role play through uh and then uh, most recently has finished uh, his way through fallout 3 uh-huh uh i will definitely say that playing games in this manner has made my love of video games even stronger. It is just, it adds a layer, especially to a game like this. Like, Fallout 3 is a game where I feel like every, like, five years or so, a game I would dust off and then just play through the first bunch and then sort of lose interest. However, doing it this way where I'm role-playing my way through it adds a layer that sort of keeps me engaged uh, that much more to the degree where I, you know, played through the whole thing. I did every side quest. I, uh, 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 you know, really delved deep. Not as much as I did back in my, you know, original playthroughs way back in the day. And that's one of the interesting things about this playthrough is that I sort of noticed of Fallout 3 that there wasn't as much there as I thought. Like, uh, uh, back in the day, I don't know how I... Yeah, it, it's almost like if I compare what I thought of this game back in the day to what I think of it today, it's quite a bit more different than I thought it would be. Like, yeah, sure, the graphics are you know, a little dated, a little brown, a little gray, They're a little depressing, which I tried to amp up some with mods. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. The addition of mods sort of changed my experience as well, made it for the better. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely hard to say. Uh, one thing I noticed more than anything else, I think, is the fact that it was a lot more barren uh, uh, the, the world was a lot less fleshed out than I remembered. Uh, <laughs> like, repeatedly, I, I, I did towards the end of my long play, uh, similar to the end of my long play with Skyrim, in that I uh, do what I call a map clean. Uh, 
So basically where I go to every single location on the map and just sort of uh, scope it out, see if there's any quests to do and just sort of look around and explore. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do in this style of game, uh, repeatedly, I would see places on my map and I would go to them and there would be like nothing there or like uh, one small destroyed building or, or just like I would get there and it would be kind of disappointed that why is this even marked on my map when there's nothing there? And that would happen, you know, dozens of times. Sometimes you would go and there would be, you know, a vault or, or, or you know, underground stuff or like really cool things to explore or a quest would come about. But a lot of the times, a lot of the times, just nothing. Uh, which, you know, it's a, it's a wasteland after all. So I suppose there's a sort of logic to that. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, follow three. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of it's got to be nostalgia. I'm just trying to think what rating I would give it now. Like I used to not hesitate. Uh, I'll tell you what. Here's my convoluted rating, as I like to do. I used to not hesitate to give this game a five out of five. And that is my rating. Uh, all right. So what else? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, on a similar note of this, uh, I've got here a note that says the algorithm blessing. Uh, yeah. So as I mentioned, Skyrim uh, was my first long play series. Uh, I have at this point published episode one to 31. Uh, I believe it'll be by the time this episodes drop, it'll be 32 uh, of 37 episodes total. Uh, episode 30, something happened. Um, I don't, it's not dissimilar to this podcast. I don't really pay attention to views, uh, on YouTube necessarily. However, uh, uh, this particular episode, episode 30, somehow, some way, I just, uh, uh, you know, I, I noticed that, wait a second, why is this getting so many views? And, uh, last I checked, I think it was like 600, uh, which for me, who normally gets, you know, 10 <laughs> it was uh it was surprising to see um apparently somehow some way and i don't know if this is something an ai would do or a person actually would choose um but it ended up i don't think it's like on the home page but it it ended up in like uh, recommended or i don't really know how it works to be honest clearly um uh, yeah, I guess maybe it would be the home. Anyways, it was showing up for a lot more people than it would uh, otherwise. Like, normally you'd only find it, I think, if you search for it. But this was showing up for people, you know, just on their feed sort of thing. So, you know, got, suddenly got a, a, a shit ton of uh, views and uh, a lot of likes as well, actually, which I enjoy. Uh, the other thing I liked, too, is that uh, episode 30 because I watch these, I think I spoke of this last episode, I actually do watch my own long plays, yeah. Embarrassing? Maybe. Relaxing? Definitely. Uh, because I do actually watch them and, and did watch this one, it was actually a good one. A lot of fun and interesting things happened, so, you know, you could, um, watch it yourself and, uh, you know, let me know what you think, I suppose. The other, you know, sort of cool side benefit of this is that, uh, all of these, you know, 600, uh, 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 watches turned into people actually going back to the first episode. So suddenly the first episode was getting a lot more views than it did. It was at like a uh, hundred plus now, I think. So it's not like everyone, 
watched some of this and went back, but, you know, a nice chunk. Uh, again, not something I really pay attention to. That being said, you know, if someone said tomorrow, uh, you could quit your job and create these for your living, I'd be like, yes, yes, I will do that. Uh, so, you know, check that out if you like. Uh, you could go to nerdywebsite.com to find it. Or just go on YouTube and type in um, Skyrim, the librarian, long play. That'll do it. Or Fallout. Oh, yeah, those won't be out. Oh, yes, maybe I should mention that. Uh, so the Fallout ones, I don't think I'm going to start dropping until, like, 2023. Like, that's how far ahead I have recorded. Uh, you know, th that's something that a professional probably wouldn't do. It's just one of the things that I don't like of putting things out on the internet is uh, when you have to do it meaning uh, like with this podcast if it, if I felt I had to put an episode every week and was not ahead a bunch of episodes you know that, that's like oh shit I gotta do that uh, it's just one more thing to worry about basically so in order to remove that worry um, I am like way, way ahead. <laughs> so like I'll maybe record two episodes, but I'm only dropping one a week. So yeah, I, I, I'm into 2023. The other thing I like about that is, uh, you know, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, uh, there's going to be like a shit ton of episodes of, uh, that dropping, uh, you know, for a long time. Uh, okay. Uh, final thing to mention on this note, and then we'll wrap it up for today is that, uh, uh, yeah, I've moved on to my next game, which is Elden Ring. Oh, interesting. Uh, now, I'm not great at video games, just in terms of being an old man. Uh, and uh, my reflexes ain't what they used to be. So a game like uh, a, a Souls game, there, there was probably a time in my, in my youth where I would play a game like that and, you know, would get good. Uh, that's, of course, G-U-D. Um... But those times are long behind me, and I don't have the patience nor the inclination to do so. So, uh, I've been using a, a, a tool called WeMods to make the game a little easier, a little more relaxing. Because that is sort of the goals of these long plays, is to throw out things that are, you know, somewhat amusing, hopefully. But uh, an, an underlying, just sort of chill, relaxing gameplay uh, is sort of one of the main reasons that I do it is because those are the sorts of things I like to watch. So why not make the sorts of things that I like to watch, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, in order to make a souls game relaxing, you got to do some work for it. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, uh, just making it easy through various tools, let's say cheating. Some might call it, some might call it that, but I don't. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess that's it for now. Nice ep. Uh, I think we should say the final thing to say, which is the final thing to say, which is, of course, it's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...